Hi, this is Laura with Kick-Ass in Life, where I help you get hired fast, be smart with money, and be a happier and healthier you. I'm so excited to invite Jen Louie to the podcast. So Jen is someone who I met who I was so impressed by. She's the CEO and entrepreneur of Kinvite, which is a socially conscious, open-sourced events and ticketing platform. And how she got started is so interesting. She started as an admin assistant and rose through the ranks of Google and and now owns her own company. And she has some really interesting, insightful things to share about how to stand apart at work, how to create meaningful connections, and how she made the leap to entrepreneur. And they were like, well, what's your idea? Like, how can we get involved? What are you doing? And they're like, that's, that's great. How do we help you? And I'm like, oh, oh, this could be a thing. So Jen, I'm so excited to have you on the Kick-Ass in Life podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for the invitation. I love a sincere invitation. So I'm always honored. And as you know, I love ladies get paid and just the notion of being able to help other people on their journey is a huge opportunity. So tell me a little bit more about Kinvite and how the evolution of that and sort of how you first got started with it. Sure. Well, my background is from Google and Meetup, um, and I've always been evaluating how it is that we gather um, and how it is that people both undermine trust, but also how it is that we can be collectively better. Um, And honestly, I wanted to work myself out of a job. Um, I looked at the underbelly of the internet for a while, and I kept wondering like, why it is that we do really awful things to each other, um, and could I create communities in an ecosystem where people could be better to each other, where we led with our values? And, um, and that was kind of part of the evolution of Kinvite. So we tested a bunch of different things. Um, and now that it's a socially conscious events discovery and ticketing platform, um, I'm just really delighted by like where it's kind of evolved, but it is definitely not where we started. Um, we tried a lot of different things um, on the way, um, but with that same core mission uh, to really figure out how it is that we could be better together. And tell me, so obviously that was not your first, your first, your first thing you were at Google, you were at Meetup, but what was, what was your first job and, and how did you really sort of get started in your industry? Sure. Well, my first job in my industry, it was an, as an admin assistant. Um, I started off at Google being the assistant to the directors of AdWords. Um, and about like six months in, you know, I was doing some projects and some other things and I wanted to transfer. And I was really fortunate that I had really wonderful um, managers at the time uh, who were executives who were really tenured in their careers and also not threatened by the notion of me leaving. Um, and they opened the Rolodex to me. Um, if anybody remembers what a Rolodex was, it's just like a, you know, basically they just opened <laughs> their entire directory of like, they're like, you know, you have access to all of our contacts. Um, let us know what you're interested in doing. Um, and I think they saw the potential in me. Um, and saw that I was bright and, and ambitious and wanted to to move on. Um, and so they really helped me make that happen. I think that's incredible to have managers that sort of see something in you and see your potential and are helping you realize it. But what did you, but you obviously made a really good impression there with your managers. What were some things that you did in that first job, in that admin role, where maybe you were just, you know, doing calendar invites or or whatnot, but your responsibilities were not um, not a lot, but you wanted more. So how did you sort of make that known? What kind of impression did you try to make? What would be some takeaways for sort of the the folks maybe in that kind of role now? Sure. I mean, I, I think it is a little bit of about being thoughtful and going above and beyond. You know, I was really eager to learn as much as possible. Um, and then also handle things that I thought would make their lives easier. You know, it was 
um, useful to be able to say, like, actually, I could probably help you build that deck for you. You know, I um, I think giving that offer and that sincere um, opportunity to say, like, I'd like to do a little bit more. I'd like to do a little more project work. Things that really take things off their plate. Um, and, you know, I'd like to help you with your communications. Um, and uh, and also just being really attentive to detail. Um, I think when I think about actually even being a CEO now, um, so much of my work is administrative. Um, and it is about being detail-oriented and being in service to others. Uh, so it's trying to help move things along, making sure that people are accountable for things, constantly following up over email, making sure that those calendar invites go out, making sure that things are scheduled and on time. Um, in some ways, my, my role has evolved, but it's uh, very, very similar. Um, and I think being attentive to those details, making sure that things are running smoothly um, is so necessary. I think that's great. I think it's such good advice to hear that, you know, it's, you don't, don't shy away from the work, do the work, be there, be present. And that really helps uh, get noticed, you know, if you're actually, you know, showing up every day, being eager to do, do that work, even though maybe that was not the most enjoyable part, maybe the deck was the more fun thing to do, but you still had to schedule people's time and send those invites, which is um, busy work, but it's the the work that shows how you execute sort of those small tasks is how you get sort of tasked with bigger tasks. So I think that's excellent. Absolutely. And I'd also say like document it, you know, don't be afraid to actually note, like these are the things that I've done, you know, maybe I had to go out and buy you nail polish, or maybe I had to go out and like get you coffee. Um, it was still, um, I, you know, I had to find a solution, uh, when all these meetings were not happening, um, or when a conference essentially was going awry, right? Like, I mean, you have to pull up, um, your bootstraps and kind of, you know, find a solution forward. And sometimes there's a lot of that stuff feels behind the scenes, make sure that it's not actually behind the scenes. Um, make sure that like you get acknowledged for the things that you did that were above and beyond. Oh, I love that. I think that's so important. I always take my documentation into any reviews I have, so I am prepared. And I think that's a really good good note to a, to to remember to do that because it's easy to forget over the course of a year, but those uh, incremental things that you're doing each day uh, add up. And I think it's your managers can sometimes forget uh, forget those little things that you're doing every day to make their lives easier. Absolutely. So tell me. Tell me a little bit more about sort of your path to entrepreneurship. Why why was that for you? Did you start with a side hustle or uh, sort of what what led you on that path? Um, you know, I it I evaluated for a while. Um, I think that uh, it was a bit of a, a chip on my shoulder. I'm wondering if I could do things better. Um, I cared so deeply about how it is that we build community, um, and you know, I saw so many other people. On this journey, and I think people at some point um, were wondering, like, you know, would you like to start something on your own? And um, I will actually say that um, my friend Tammy uh, did this really wonderful but jarring thing for me. Um, she invited me to this uh, event with a bunch of investors and with a bunch of entrepreneurs. And I was just thinking, like, I'm in my regular job and this is, you know, this is just like a fun thing to go to. Um, and she introduced me and she was like, this is Jen. She has this brilliant startup idea, um, which she's probably going to execute on soon. You guys should all talk to her about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> um, I don't have an idea fully flushed out. Um, or at least I didn't feel like I did, but we had talked so much about things that I was passionate about and about like 
I was always brainstorming different ideas about like, what could I do to build a new feature that would make things better? Um, and I think she saw that as a startup idea. Um, and, and I'm grateful that she did, honestly, because um, it forced me <laughs> in a very, very sudden way to talk to like an audience of people. And they were like, well, what's your idea? Like, how can we get involved? What are you doing? And they're like, that's, that's great. How do we help you? And I'm like, oh, oh, this could be a thing. Um, and so, yeah, I would actually encourage people that if you have a friend who has an idea, push them um, in, in a gentle, nudging, but kind of provocative way. She just threw, thrusted you into the spotlight and you had to, uh, well, good, good for you and good for her to sort of push you out of your comfort zone to sort of make that sort of first step to realize even for yourself, like this could be viable. Yeah, I am so grateful for that opportunity for a friend who sees the potential in me and also thinks that I should be a little bit louder and more vocal about what it is that I'm thinking about, the ideas and um, entrepreneurial spirit that I have. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm grateful for her friendship, but also I think sometimes um, I need that nudge and I would hope that people do that. So I'd say a really good introduction um, it's super powerful. That brings me into networking. So I think that probably as an entrepreneur, it's super important to meet certain people of your network. And even if you're trying to look for a new job or, uh, but no matter what the situation, it's always good to network. So what are your, some, some of your sort of networking tips for, for those who may be a little unfamiliar, a little scared of it? Sure. I mean, I tend to go to smaller events. Um, I'm an introvert. Um, you know, when I started Kinvite, we were actually talking about designing for things that were more intimate and smaller. Um, and that's evolved. You know, I think that what's, what people consider intimate and small, uh, changes and differs, but, um, you know, what, what, you know, maybe sometimes it's six people, sometimes it's like, you know, 50, but, um, for me, I do think that, um, that what I've learned from, uh, from an academic and data-driven level is that, even in a large networking event, um, you really can't make any more than about three to six legitimate connections within a few hours. Um, and, and that's okay. I think it's, it's acceptable. And I think you should really try to hone in and focus your time on the folks that you think, um, that you think that you have like mutual benefit for. Right. Um, I think sometimes we think that we should be passing our cards to like 30 million people. And a lot of times people just don't follow up and I wouldn't take that personally. Um, I, I'd say that I tend to go to a lot more small curated events now. Um, and that's because I really care about where my time is spent. Um, and that has become the mission of Kinvite. You know, we value where people's time is spent and we want people to, um, align their time spent with their values. Um, so I say that, you know, go to really great networking events, but also try to pick ones that you think are really valuable and don't feel like you have to go to all of them. I think that's so great because when I first got started, I was going to all these random networking events because I knew, oh, I should network. But then when I went to the ones that are more catered toward what I was looking for, it was a super smart uh, decision because those are the people that were uh, had more more in line with my interests and were going to be those connections that, that lasted and, and made sense for me. Um, so I think that's all awesome advice. What, what else would you offer in terms of, you know, somebody just sort of just getting started? Well, as it pertains to networking, I'd say follow-up is huge. You know, um, people are actually waiting for a sincere invite to reconnect. Um, and I think people forget that. I think we think that sometimes the exchange of cards is enough that, you know, eventually I get back to you. Um, but I think people want to know that you want them to remain relevant in your life. 
Um, and so a sincere invitation to coffee with somebody that you might think is a little bit out of your reach or a little bit out of your league, or maybe has the career of your dreams, oftentimes will go somewhere. Um, and you know, I, I'd say that be bold about it. Um, and it's okay to ask somebody for their time, um, and, and frame it in a way that's, you know, really for advisement or, um, or offering them something in return. Um, but again, I think the sincere invite, um, is so important. It's probably why we created in Kinvite with the name, you know, K invite. Um, but I, it's true. I think people actually are just waiting for that nice invite to lunch or that nice invite to coffee or just something to pick their brain on. Um, and, and I say that that's how I got so many leads to begin with, um, and people who would help me. Um, I think they knew that I took the initiative and that I actually cared about meeting with them. Um, and I think it's also good to pay somebody a compliment and say like, you know, I met you, uh, we talked about this thing. Um, I'm super excited by what you're doing. I just think that you're going to help open my mind to a lot of different interesting ideas and opportunities. Um, would you be willing to grab like a 30 minute coffee? Okay, great. And then what, cause I do want to, uh, I do. I just do want to cover for for those who are sort of negotiating the salary. One thing we talk about on Kickass and Life is how to you know be smart with money, and I think one of the ways to do that is to sort of negotiate your salary. I mean, when you're just getting started, I think that's a scary idea because you're grateful to have a job. Uh, and I know that you've talked about this recently uh, at various various events, and so I'm curious um, what advice that you have. For, for those that are thinking about uh, in that position to negotiate their salary? What would you say to them? You know, I think we, I think it's not only salary, but it's the overall compensation package. Um, so I would be aware of that. Um, I think that, and I'm not sure why, but me and my guy friends talk about it a little bit more openly than me and my female friends. And I think my general encouragement is for women to actually speak about either the salaries that they're getting or at least in the figures or, or range that they plan on being in. Um, you know, I think that, that I learned from a lot of my guy friends is that they do talk about how much money they're making. Um, they do t- to at least determine on a basic level, like, you know, how much equity do you think you're getting? Um, or like, are we talking about like double digit percentages when it comes to bonuses? Um, when it comes to like salary pay grades and promotion cycles and things like that. Um, and, so yeah, I do some research for sure. What do you think is actually um, makes sense within industry? Um, and don't be afraid to, to ask your peers for that. I mean, the worst that they could say is no, or they would think that this, you know, I think we're afraid that, that you know, it'll be some kind of a shameful or, or perhaps like, you know, um, undignified thing to ask for. Um, but I think when framed around like, I just want to make sure that I'm compensated fairly, Um you know, most of the time I think that that would actually help us elevate our conversations around this and help us actually ask for the salaries that we deserve. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would, I would say that it's, it's okay to give a ballpark figure, but it's also okay to put other things on the table. There are times when maybe, um, it's not to say that you should be hard nosed around, um, the actual like base figure. Um, and if the base figure isn't what you want it to be, but there's something else that you could possibly negotiate for. Sorry, are you still there? Okay, I was going to say that you know if there is something else on the table, and if it's um, if it's that the base salary may not be exactly what you want it to be, um, I think that it can help to show flexibility by by putting out there on the table all of the other things that you might want. Maybe you want Fridays off. Maybe you want to be able to work from home. 
Maybe um, you want a higher amount of equity. Maybe you want to know that at the next bonus cycle that you accelerate that, that maybe typically a promotion cycle wouldn't happen until a year later, but you'd like to actually be able to be evaluated in about three to six months time because you know you're going to kick ass at it and you would expect that you could actually earn that higher pay grade. Um, I'd say it's okay to put those things out there um, because oftentimes people are looking for a lot of different ways of... um, of being able to provide you with some level of compensation, but they may not actually be able to offer you a higher base salary at that very moment, showing that you have some flexibility around it, but that you still want to be evaluated for a higher salary later, um, provided that you can actually like deliver on all the things that you, you know, and prove that you can be at a higher pay grade is important. Um, so, you know, I think putting all the different types of chips that you can on the negotiating table is useful. That's amazing. And how would you, how would you say once, you manage that money. Like once you get the money, what are, do you have any, any, any tips for those just getting started for, you know, how to, how to look at money, uh, look at a salary, uh, and manage it or, you know, whether it be like save money or investing or anything that you've, you learn now that you wish, Oh, I wish I would have known that, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. Um, as far as managing money, um, gosh, I'm, I think it's, it is a bit of a personal thing, isn't it? Um, I do think that uh, I was raised to believe that you should save um, for something big. So I try not to, like, I, I really do try to budget, especially when um, early on. And and actually, I did a bunch of kind of creative things with my parents, asking them for loans. So I remember when I started my job at Google, um, it was late in September, and I also knew that they were matching on 401k and I just didn't like, I was like, I cannot afford to both pay my rent and match my 401k. Um, but I knew that they were offering essentially free money, right? Like, or I felt like it, right? Like they were matching dollar for dollar. Um, and so that was something that I asked my parents for. I was like, you know, until the end of this year, I need to borrow money to cover my rent so I can put all of my money into my 401k so I can max that out. Um, and that's really paid off for me now. Like I look at my, um, at like where, where is my, my, uh, investment has gone. Um, and I'm like, feel a little bit more secure about, about where retirement is going to be. And that seems kind of strange to think that far off into the future. Um, but when there are programs like that, like matching dollar for dollar, I'd say, see if you can ask for it. Um, I know that's a huge amount of privilege that I have to be able to ask my parents for something like that. Um, but, um, but if you can, I'd say that you should. Um, and same thing with any other types of matching programs, like really try to max those out because, uh, cause yeah, it makes me feel a lot more secure now about where I'm at. And it allowed me to take the risk that I'm taking now when it comes to being an entrepreneur. Um, I think that if I hadn't built out a nest egg, if I didn't feel secure in my financials, I would never have been able to make the leap. I think that is such good advice. And especially the earlier you start, the more of an impact it has. So, you know, learn, knowing that early, oh yeah, that 401k, that thing is important because that is taking care of future gen. Uh, you know, I think that it's, it's a nice reminder to, to our audience because, you know, when you're just getting started, your salary is so low. And then, you know, as, as you, as you keep going, but if you make it sort of part of the plan to always be uh, saving for retirement, then you'll, you'll be surprised at the growth over time. And, uh, and that's great. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you are obviously very busy. How do you take care of yourself? What are some ways that you, uh, you sort of take care of yourself, take time for you, self-care? What do you do? 
the great thing about building kinvite.co is that I actually love attending the events there. And part of the um, philosophy behind it is to help ritualize the practice of being mindful and actually uplifting ourselves and being surrounded by people who want to also embrace things like self-care and mindfulness um, in addition to activism and things. Um, And so it is that balance. And I love that there are events like going out to tacos and meditation or going to a sound bath. Um, That's actually kind of my my new favorite thing. I just love going to sound baths Um, and group meditation in general. Anything that helps me actually take moments of time to slow things down um, is super replenishing for me um, because I think I forget to do that. My calendar even today is a bit back-to-back all the way from 9 a.m. until about 9 p.m. And so it's nice to like actually go to an event and I I use that kind of as an excuse but also um, or a good rationale for me to like explore, okay, what's a new host doing? Can I go to their thing? Um, and is it a time for me to actually slow time down and be good to myself? I love that. So in sort of in conclusion, as we're sort of wrapping up, what are some, A, where, where, what do you listen to for inspiration? What are some, maybe if it's podcast books, anything that you might recommend for those just getting started in their career? And then also how can they find you? How can, where are uh, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, uh, wherever you are, let us know. Great. Thanks. Um, you know, I was actually reflecting, um, on the books I've read recently, like that have helped me on this uh, path. And I love Brené Brown. Daring Greatly is a really fantastic book. Um, and I'm reminded, um, that being oneself and, and holding one's true North is hard and actually needs to be reevaluated, but also how to be a little bit more forgiving to myself has been a huge part of this process. Um, and, and so I encourage that. I also really like the kind of short uh, quotes that I get from Simon Sinek. Um, he has this um, book called uh, Starting With Why. And, um, and so the, he has this like, you know, every few weeks, you know, gives a daily dose of like some inspirational quote. Um, but I find them to be, yeah, just kind of delightful and also really short form. So it's easy for me to yeah. consume it. Um and then there are great podcasts. I think I listen to a lot more podcasts now. Um, I've been I've been listening to Malcolm Gladwell and a bunch of other ones that kind of help me think through things um, or, or just expand my mind a little bit. Um, I think it's also fun to like just listen to like call your girlfriend. I just I, I need to take the moments to also just enjoy um, and and hear about things that, that feel relevant to me right now, um, and and be able to discuss that with people too. Uh, I also love um, dinners in terms of self-care. One of the things that I co-host um, and that started off as, as just kind of a joyful thing, it's called the Soulful Supper. Um, it is a chance to speak from the heart versus the head. Um, and we do that every first and third Sunday. And I encourage anybody who wants to join to come to Soulful Supper. It's at soulfulsupper.com. Um, it's really just spread by word of mouth. And we um, just take a moment to break bread together. But it is a ritualized practice that I feel is somewhat meditative for me. Um, and a chance for me to slow things down because half the time I am not actually sitting at a dinner table to, to, to eat with anybody. Um, and so, uh, yeah, those are things that have, and it's, it's shaped the way that I see the world. Um, I think surrounding myself and gathering with people who I don't know yet, um, in this intimate setting has actually fully changed the way that I, um, approach things. Um, I'd say that one more thing that I also do is Lady Bits League. Uh, which is an empowered 
conversation with super incredible, powerful women who are challenging um, and redefining feminine wellness and well-being. Um, and we just have this really beautiful, heartfelt conversation. Um, and uh, and again, speak from the heart about our own experiences and about how things are or are not well with us. And I um, I need those moments to slow down as well. Um, but also to change my mind about how it is that I want to progress in this world. Um, as it comes to socials, uh, we are Kinbite on Instagram and Twitter um, and on Facebook is how you can find us. And um, and Kinvite.co, K-I-N-V-I-T-E.co is where you can find our events. And also just reach out to me directly. Honestly, I'm super happy to be of help where I can. So Jen, J-E-N-N at Kinvite.co. Um, should you have any questions, honestly? And if you want to like, bounce ideas around negotiations um, and salary. I'm always open to that as well. Jen, thank you so much. This is brilliant. And I know that I'm going to be going to some of those, those events. I'm looking forward to it. And I so much appreciate your time and being on the podcast. This is great. Thanks. And thank you so much for having me. This is, again, I love a sincere invite and it was so delightful to have you reach back out to me. Um, I think this is how reconnections are made and this is how we progress forward. That's it for today. So if you like this podcast, please recommend it, rate it, share it with a friend. It helps others find it. And as always, you can email me at kickassinyourlife at gmail.com if you have any questions at all. I want to thank Jen Louie for being on the podcast today and for all of you for giving it a listen. And as always, kick ass in your career. Until next time.